Hey, good morning, everybody. Today's just not a great day. It's a fantastic day. My name's Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. I got a really special guest that just stopped by the podcast. I've got Fred Ziedman, and I mean, we are going to have a fabulous uh, conversation. Fred is the co-chair and director for the Council for a Secure America. He served as the chairman of the United States Holocaust Memorial Council from 2002 to 2010, and that was a presidential appointed uh, from George W. Bush, and uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, you have to correct me on, on that. And he's also the chairman emeritus of the University of Texas Health Science System, Houston. Thank you, Fred, for stopping by the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm glad to do it. I see two baseballs behind you. I didn't even ask you about that. Oh, but those are my, yeah, those are my dad's. Frost on before me, and he's a big, as, as big a baseball fan as I am. So I wonder if he noticed and asked you about that too. That's oh, what we're here to talk about, but don't get me started on that. We'll never get around to the energy. Oh, no. Uh, Nolan Ryan signed those. So, you know, those, that's about as far as I get. <laughs> well, see, this is the problem. Nolan is from Alvin, Texas. I'm from Morton, Texas. Okay. I informed Nolan and I have been friends since we were in high school. Oh, how fun. I informed him that I'm responsible for three of his strikeouts in his career because the last thing I ever wanted to do was bat against Nolan Ryan. So I swung at nine, the first nine pitches he threw to me and the three times I batted against him. And he wasn't even Nolan oh. Ryan back then. I just swung and missed because I didn't want to. He was some skinny kid throwing 90 mile an hour fastballs. Wow. So I wanted nothing to do with them. Uh, that, that, now that's a small world. Ever since. But uh, anyway, long you story short. You know, and uh, in a little bit of inside baseball, uh, not to make a uh, pun, but you wrote an article with Congressman Frost, Martin Frost, uh, out of Real Clear Politics just a little right. bit ago. So we want to talk about the world geopolitical, and we also, as we delve through this, find out about your background and those things. Right. In the energy crisis right now, and, and in the mixed up crazy world we have right now, uh, Fred, there's some weird things going on. And everybody is, and when they listen to our podcast, they understand that we have to deliver the lowest kilowatt uh, per hour to Everybody on the planet with the least amount of impact on the environment, let's use all sources of energy, let's not print money, and let's, that means nuclear, wind, solar, natural gas, <laughs> oil, let's use all of it and responsible and have some good policies on that. Right. So tell us a little bit about your article with uh, Real Clear Energy Policy. I also saw some of your other interviews. So you, you really are out there on energy security. Uh, well, first of all, energy security. Uh, Council for Secure America, by the way, was formed about 30 years ago. And okay. my co-chairman is Harold Hamm. Uh, no way. Uh, and I, I didn't know if, if uh, your listeners or our, our listeners today were aware of that or not. But as you all know, Harold Hamm is the single largest independent oil producer in America. Right. Uh, he owns and now owns again, since he took his company private, the Bakken Shale. Uh, he's the man that made energy in, that made America energy independent. Yep. Uh, uh, we are not anymore. And that certainly isn't Harold's fault. Uh, we can get into that if you want. Uh, but the organization uh, 
was formed as a nonpartisan organization. Right. The Democratic half of it uh, was a man in New York who passed away. And after he passed away, I was asked uh, to uh, uh, become Harold's co-chairman. And, nice. and Council for Security America, the, our, our purpose was to talk about energy security and the importance of Israel, if you will, nice. uh, to American security. So that was the uh, uh, that was the original purpose of the organization. And right. of course, it, it is so important to Israel's security, to the United States' security, that we be energy independent. And right. Harold was single-handedly uh, taking care of that. We are supposed to be nonpartisan. Uh, and finding a, a Democrat who is supportive of that issue right. is pretty difficult. So finding Martin Frost, who's been so active with us since the beginning, and for anybody out there, of course, he represented the Dallas-Fort Worth area and is from Fort Worth. So the reason that we did the article and the reason that we did the article the way we did it was to show that this is not a Republican or a Democratic uh, issue or problem. Right. This is an American security problem. Yes. And I think that if you look at the chaos that we have right now, this could all be uh, related you know, my my dear friend, Daniel Jurgen, who by oh, the yes. way, is going to be uh, our guest at our board dinner tomorrow night in Washington. Nice. So you might get a whole different opinion by Wednesday when I go to the I go to the mountain and talk to the guru. But, uh, you know, he he has always said uh, that oil has been the, has been at the source of every major war in history. Well, if yes. you look at the mess that we're in right now, uh, I think you can attribute uh, that back again all uh, to oil. And I think it had a lot to do. Uh, and this is going to be my first question to him tomorrow night, Stu. Yeah. Uh, when uh, the crown prince and Russia cut oil prices back to $20 a, a barrel, they right. cut them in a third, uh, which they didn't realize the effect it would have on them, but it certainly uh, they understood the effect it would have on us. Right. So it took them a while. They felt like they could withstand it. Saudi Arabia certainly could. Right. Uh, Russia couldn't. But we took care of that by driving prices, uh, by uh, cutting oil production, cutting federal leases, cutting the Keystone Pipeline, not being able uh, to get any of the oil, particularly the oil produced and gas produced by Harold uh, right. and his out of the yeah. Uh, when they shut down the Keystone Pipeline, none of it was going to get to Galveston. Nope. And and I can tell you, we have a, a home on Galveston Bay, just outside of the ship channel. And watching, there aren't near as many oil tankers pulling out in front of my house nope. as there were four or five years ago uh, when this current administration did this. Now I know. Right. I didn't hear Martin's podcast. I know he has a little different spin on all of this, but but right. hopefully uh, if you and I can look at the facts and we see the result of, of this. Right. And we 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 refinanced Iran. They were right. broke because of the sanctions. We right. refinanced Russia because, you know, Russia, for all intents and purposes, is a gas station uh you know, is nothing but well, a gas station with, you know, with right. uh, 
uh, oil and with pipelines, uh, and we cut that off. Well, all of a sudden, China, who's the world's biggest consumer, right, uh, and and all they needed to do uh, was buy uh, all Russian, all the oil Russia could produce, and right. so they they brought Russia back into financial stability. Right. And everybody else got in the middle of it. So world order has been disrupted once again. Oh, it's horrible. And, and blame, it, blame it totally on the oil industry because that's what's financed all of this. Well, you know, sanctions don't work, Fred. And and the abuse, and I'm going to just call this out uh, real quick. Fred um, uh, Martin, Congressman Frost, is old school Democrat. And in like, well, like you and I were talking about uh, in Oklahoma, when I worked with the legislature uh, with, with everything else, you could not tell a difference between a Democrat and a Republican. And it was all about the people. You got it. Congressman Frost is one old school. Democrat. I loved him. I mean, I I love him. And America first. Because he understands that it's America first. You Uh, bet. And I had a conversation you know, with another guy that I've been uh, close to, I claim he's the only Democrat I ever write checks to, but Henry Cuellar. And Henry had said, has always said to me when he was in the Texas state legislature that they would holler and scream and carry on when they were on the floor with the lights on them. And as soon as the lights went off, they'd go down the street to the Disco, Dis, to the Disco Hotel and everybody would smoke a cigar, drink a scotch and do what's right for Texas. And do or right. do what's right for the United States. We don't have that. We have it with the old timers like Martin Frost. Right. We understand the need for energy well, self-sufficiency. You know, uh, sanctions don't work. In fact, sanctions well, against. I'm sorry. Sanctions will work if everybody in the world, uh, if everybody in the world will observe it. The fact exactly. That don't work when only the good guys are, are enforcing them and the bad guys are totally ignoring them. And totally consuming all of the uh, all of the sanctioned oil. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, That's what we well, got. They, well, the and right now the uh, Russian oil is being uh, shipped to India. It's being shipped right. to about three or four different areas. It's being then uh, produced in, uh, and uh, refined, and then being shipped back to uh, Europe in the form of diesel. And, and China was taking uh, Russian LNG and turning around and selling it back to uh, the EU. Wow. Right. I mean. It, how does that work? That's 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 the deal. And that's the problem with sanctions. And that's right. the problem from a geopolitical standpoint that we're in right now is well, Fred, that our biggest enemies, if you will, uh, are well financed. Right. Uh, and they have a common enemy. And that's the United States and the West. Uh, As a, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I just got, I'm so sorry. I get so excited. Uh, I do too. I apologize. This is your it, podcast, not it, mine. But. Oh, no, but you're the guest and I'm, I just get excited. So, and uh, now when you sit back and take a look, Energy Security for America and your council, what are some things people can do or what are you seeing on the horizon that you can do to help correct where we are? We're in this pickle because of the geopolitical situation. Israel is so critical because the Leviathan field out there in the Mediterranean right. is critical. Got new pipelines going over there. 
I believe Italy and uh, Cyprus are getting some new pipelines. That Leviathan field is critical to replace that Russian gas. Um, What do you guys got going on for solutions? So the answer is the the solutions are really easy. But uh, unfortunately, uh, (laughs) the bulk of of the American public uh, is on the pump side, not the production side. And and all we can really do is continue to educate them and hope they don't get it. One of the things we do at CSA is we take people to the bucket shale. Uh, We take some of the thought leaders out there. We show them how, number one, how important production of oil and gas is to make us independent, to make us not dependent on foreign oil. The other thing we show them is that we're not ruining the environment. Now, if you want to look at the impact on the environment, it's there for one reason, and that the only thing is the is uh, having to flare uh, so much methane into the air from natural gas. If that pipeline had been built, there wouldn't be any flaring. I met with the crown prince. I was fortunate enough in Saudi Arabia. Nice. And I asked him, how much flaring do you do? And he looked at me, laughed, and said, zero. I mean, the only reason, do you know, by the way, if you look at, and I'm not pushing Google, but if you look at Google Earth at night, right? Fourth, have you ever done this? The fourth brightest no. spot in America. You've got New York City, you've got Chicago, you've got Los Angeles, and then you've got North Dakota. And that's no. because of the flaring. It looks like daylight there. But wow. do you realize that everything they're flaring uh, should be going into a pipeline and pumped down to the Texas Gulf Coast to be refined. And when the pipeline was canceled, they have no choice but to flare. But when right. you show this to people, and now you look at the fact that they're paying two and three times as much uh, for fuel as they used, as they were just, what, five years ago, six years ago. Right. Uh, and you look at the geopolitical mess that has resulted from uh, this increased oil price right. and decreased production in the United States, from all of these folks that don't even understand it. And look, I, I mean, I, to, to be totally honest, we I, I'm not sure our trips to North Dakota have done any good because nobody goes home and says, I've now seen it and it's not a problem and we got to do it. They go right. back to New York because they're still all voting environmentally. They're voting for the wrong thing. But but yeah. we, have an, we have a never ending quest to educate them, Stuart, and we do it on your show. We do it everywhere we can. I mean, somebody somehow has got to influence, if you right. will, uh, the American population to understand energy. It can't be the Speaker of the House saying we have to use natural gas and not fossil fuel, if you remember that uh, right. a couple of years back. I mean, and, and I hate to say it, but you, you want to tell me, you know, that she didn't. She, she obviously didn't understand. Speaker of the House doesn't understand. Who does? No, uh, and and I, I so much of America blocking what this country needs to do. So we're I'm the, sorry, we're the evangelists. So. When when we have secretary, okay, when we have, I'm sorry, we have Secretary Granholm last week saying we got to right. put solar panels on tanks. We got to have all EV in the military. This God. is absolutely ludicrous. There's no charging stations in the battlefield. No, they, they don't even do in California where you got to have an electric, uh, an EV, but you don't have anything to supply it with. 
Oh, so, yes. And and or we're supporting child abuse with uh, right. labor out of right. the copper mines. Um, let's have a plan. Right. It goes back to let's use nuclear. Let's use natural gas. Let's use oil. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now Fred, uh, I, I get so excited, especially uh, when we talk about uh, New York. New York is having some serious problems by banning natural gas stoves. Right. This is nuts. Well, this is insanity. This is absolutely insanity. There is your single least expensive available source. And now we're going to go cut it off, right? Uh, uh, you know, you can't use it in your stoves. You can't use it in your gas. I mean, okay, so not not as many people are going to die burning up in their house, right? But they're going to die from, they're going to freeze to death because they can't, you know, they can't light their gas. So none of this. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and, and now pipelines. So when we sit back and we we take a look at pipelines, uh, you'd mentioned uh, the Keystone. Day one, President Biden just right. killed it. That also would have brought that extension into Canada, would have brought, right. brought down uh, the oil field sands, which would, it's a, it's a heavy oil, which would mean we don't have to import the millions Venezuela. of barrels from Venezuela. From Venezuela. That's right. I mean- how ridiculous was that? And, and, and it's funny, Stu, for what it's worth, because it's not hindsight. Right. I, I, ironically, and I was wrong because people didn't care. The day that he cut that pipeline, I said, this is secured Republican control of the government for the foreseeable future, because people are going to understand within about a year or so what's going to happen to their energy cost. And, right. and I mean, I couldn't have been more right about that. But you nailed it. Me, Excuse me, I, we got it. I mean, they cut the pipeline. Prices go to $4, $5, $6. Who would have ever thought that anybody in America would right. have voted Democratic after seeing that? But they did. You know, well, the you only know, thought about people vote their pocketbook. Well, they sure didn't in 2022. No. And, you know, what gets me is we have the East Coast, uh, Newsom just saying that he's going to kill all internal combustion cars uh, right. by 2035. 17 other states are going to follow along with it. You have uh, the governor of New York passing the legislation to wipe out natural gas. And natural gas is being imported from Russia, Trinidad, Trinidad and uh, another one. And uh, they're importing their natural gas from Russia and Russia. Trinidad. Russia. And why can't we put up? I mean, you know, if you look at Trinidad, if you look at the Caribbean, uh, the Chinese are building all the refineries down there, right? <laughs> and refining there. And now they can get it through the Panama Canal. So then they can all ship it back to China or ship it, you know, back in Europe. I mean, this is this is all of the stuff. I mean, you know, this wow. became the greatest country in the world, Stu, because of American exceptionalism. And, and we it have absolutely disappeared. I and mean, we have the, wonderful I'm we're sorry. Cinderella now. I mean, we're <laughs> up in the, you know, we're the orphan stepchild up oh. in the attic all of a sudden. Uh, and China, you know what's even this is the becoming the Chinese century. And why? Because they have they have more consumption than anybody in the world, and they can take all the everything the bad guys can give them. Oh, yeah. And and how do we with China? This is a real issue just on itself because the ESG movement, A, the, our great uh, U.S. energy companies follow the regulations. Canada follows the regulations better than anybody else right. on the planet. 
Right. We are only 17% of the world's uh, emissions and problem. China, I, I believe we were that high anymore. I thought we were down around. And it was. It, but then it, we go into the Paris Accords and we agree, we agree to give up more than anyone else. And, you, and, and again, I think you're either whether your number is right or my number is right or it's halfway in between. You're right. We're still only producing somewhere between 10 and 17 percent of, of, of the emissions in the world. And, and yet, China's putting we in. Do, we agree to, to give up half of that. Right. Right. And the rest of the world is going to fill in the 100 percent. I mean, and we're funding the rest of the world and we're and we're funding the rest of the world. So and and, and China is building a coal plant uh, every week. Yep. And the EIA, the United States Energy uh, Agency said, oh, by the way, we've lowered our CO2 and our emissions because of natural gas, natural gas. But, you know, we we one of the things that we did on our last trip to North Dakota, which was right. absolutely fascinating, is we went to one of the modern coal plants. Right. And so uh, we learned a lot there that day. First of all, a third, a third of the energy being produced worldwide is still coal. OK, wow. but I will tell you that the there is virtually in the newer plants, our plants in the U.S., no right. emissions. There is no emission. Right. Uh, it's the old plants that are still spewing, uh, and not in the United States. And that's what's right. brought our emissions down so much. And again, if we just could complete these pipelines, get the natural gas in there. I was I, I was up on one of the, uh, not on one of Harold's facilities, but one right. of the, I don't want to call them competitors because there's enough for everybody. And it was about 1130 at night. We were still at their house eating dinner. And uh, the missus and I went out on her balcony and we looked out over their 55,000 acre ranch. And, you know, it was lit up like downtown, you know, Times Square. And she right. said, isn't that beautiful? And I said, yeah, but do you realize that's all your money burning up there? I mean, how much of your money is being burned up there instead of heading straight to uh, Galveston, Texas, to Pasadena, Texas? Where it can be used for cheap fuel, uh, I would I would almost want Fred to put out uh, Bitcoin miners up there and let them use it for generation and use it for generation. I mean, yep. there is so much we can do. And now Biden wants to wants to put a thirty percent tax on Bitcoin miners' use, but you don't need to. I mean, all you yep. need to do, you're right, is just put Bitcoin miners up there. And they can they can utilize it right there. And by the exactly. way, they certainly have plenty of land to use it on. I mean, I, you know what I'm there's thinking? Nothing in North Dakota. I'm gonna tell. I'll tell you one other funny story. Is we're driving okay. around North Dakota. I'm with one of these great New York, you know, thought leaders. Right. And every place you go, I mean, even out on the rigs, there are rig, there are signs everywhere. Trump, 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 and even all the workers out there have. Trump on their hard hat. And I said, you want to know how Donald Trump got elected president of the United States? Look at this. And of course, he's on the other side. And his response to me was, yeah, but do you realize there are more people in my building in New York than there are in all of North Dakota? So (laughs) who could say it any better? Well, uh, my my response to him would be uh, those people would be in the dark without the people from North Dakota. You got it. it. (laughs) 
so, you know, all right, enjoy but, your building. So, so right. you know what we ought to do is we ought to have uh, Harold Ham and you on a podcast because I would love to learn and hear, and I think our people would love to hear about your early days and how we got to this point. And, and because I saw Harold uh, interviewed the other day and he is, he said, we produce, we need 8 million uh, barrels a day or uh, 10 million barrels a day. And they 10 million. And he goes, I produce two. And that's that's why he claims he solved America's energy issue. We produce eight. Now those numbers have changed. We're producing nine. We consume 11, but it's still his 2 million and his 2 million is up to two and a half or three. So it's still, and look, uh, you know, Stu, Alexandra put us together. Tell her to call Harold. Harold will be with me tomorrow night with Danny Jurgen. That's going to be, I, I'll tell you, I started not sleeping last night, just thinking the thrill of being of, of being with Harold Ham and Daniel Jurgen and, me, How and fun. Me, me being Stu Turley tomorrow night in that conversation in Washington, D.C. But you and, can only and, imagine. So, I'm going to, and I talked to Alexandra is watching this. I'm going to tell her that because Alexandra, who is the best there is, uh, right. arranged this for us. And nice. uh, uh, I'm going to tell her to ask her to ask Carol to, to come on. And uh, you don't even well, need me because I'm liable to get lost into baseball. But uh, oh, no. And let him tell you the history because he's the man. Well, I, I would love to have both of you on there because yeah. uh, it, it to me would be but, so You know, much. I get a little more excited than he does. If you know Harold, I mean, <laughs> here is the single largest producer in America. And I, I, uh, you wouldn't know you weren't talking to guy, a guy that's on the night shift. I mean, he right. is so modest and so matter of fact. He doesn't get excited. Oh, so. no. And, and so... Uh, but I did. I was able to uh, meet him at a uh, lunch years ago, and yeah. so he is just a neat. Now, uh, Daniel Jurgen, I talked to uh, two months ago, and he's coming on the podcast uh, right. pretty soon too. So, in fact, he. Uh, I was talking to him when he was interviewing um, David Blackman, uh, who is a Forbes author. So we need you to get on uh, David Blackman's uh, podcast as well, too. So hey, uh, you got me anytime. I mean, I, you know, I get asked all the time, aren't you still in Washington? And I tell everybody I, I, wasn't, I didn't think George W. Bush was president of the United States anymore. You know, <laughs> I served his two terms in Washington and I haven't been back since. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Which is a smart move. Uh, Texas is But I'm available. I mean, I'm going to be there tomorrow night because we have uh, our CSA board meeting and uh, the DEPA board meeting, which is Harold's trade association. Uh, Nice. uh, And that's why he and I are going to be there tomorrow night. But you tell, let's both tell, ask Alex to arrange all this and I'll do it as often as you can do it. I'll tell you what, getting the word out, Fred, and your success with the energy security for America is critical. It's critical for everyone. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. Energy transcends race, religion, creed, color. If you're a human, if you're human, our relationship with Israel is so critical. Our relationship around the world is critical. And it all stems around energy. Your comments. It all stems around energy. So, you know, 
we got about two more minutes here and we've heard about what you've got going on tomorrow. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to, I would pay big bucks just to be a fly on the wall <laughs> and, and, and do that. But I, the, the invitation is Fred with our news channels and everything else. If there's ever any kind of word you need put out, let us know. We want to help you get the word I'll, out. I said, I hope Alexandra is watching uh, because Alexandra, if you are, I've just given you the plug as being the best in the business. Uh, but I want to tell you, make this happen uh, because you don't have a bigger cheerleader than me. Uh, and, you know, uh, unfortunately, Harold is too big, is too busy saving America, which he's right. doing to be the spokesman for all of this. So all of that being said, Stu, you got me and I really appreciate it. And uh, uh you know, you look at some of the disasters that are happening even domestically. Uh, you know, you're in Amarillo. You're not that far from Allen, Texas. And we no. look at, at, at what happened there yesterday. Uh, and and th this is a tragedy, what's going on in America. And we can all make America great again. And we have to make America great again. But it's not yep. going to do it until we come to grips with what has happened to American exceptionalism and what's happened to the culture in America. So I can't thank you enough. Wow. I'll be glad to do it every day. So uh, Sounds fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Fred. And we will see you next time on thank the energy. You, sir. Right. All right. Appreciate it.